loved and classic. <laughs> Welcome to the pod, friends and fiends. This is Nate Wyckoff, your host for Colton Classic Podcast, of course, comedian and film critic here. Uh, today we have a special episode. Normally we do a pair of films in two parts, a mainstream film and a cult film, both of which are thematically related. Uh, this time we're going to discuss one film, uh, and that is 2020's The Batman, uh, directed and written by Matt Reeves, starring Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz and some other people. So here's the thing. This movie has been out for a while in theaters. It dominated the return to box office post-COVID lockdown, um, which is still struggling, but this was the big film uh, for the post-COVID time thus far. It is certainly a financial success for Warner Brothers. Um, it is unrelated to any other DC Universe film. However, the sequel has already been greenlit, and there is also a Warner Brothers uh the Penguin starring Colin Farrell from the film um, series on HBO Max. And, uh, you know, they're, they're running with this. Um, the reason we didn't do this right away, it is now on HBO Max to stream, is because I am a, personally, I'm a very large Batman fan, follow the comics, uh, the, the mythos over time, the, the decade differences, the films, the games, the whole deal. I really am the cartoons, the television series. I'm kind of a Batman fanatic. This is one of my fanboy territories. And I had extremely conflicted uh, feelings and very deep reactions to this movie. Um, and so I wanted to wait to let the 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 divisive rhetoric because it did very well. A lot of people really love this movie, um, but there are a lot of other people who found it problematic. Um, so we're going to talk here. I've got Tad Mastroni with us today. How are you doing, Tad? Batman. Batman. Mandy Longley. How are you doing, Mandy? I am ready to metaphorically bite the head off of this bat. Oh, an Ozzy Osbourne reference. Timely. Uh, <laughs> R.I.P. Just kidding. He's still alive. Last I checked. Uh, Jeff. Tucker, how are you doing, Jeff? I'm, uh, yeah, I'm great. Thank you for inviting me to this lovely uh, bloodbath. You know, you've been you've been asking to come on so many times, and usually mm. I'm like, Jeff, no, I don't think he's going to work on the podcast. I think he's more of a physical presence kind of guy. Um, mm -hmm, but we're gonna mm -hmm. we're gonna give it a shot. I have a nice um, aura. Yeah. <laughs> we also uh, we were going to have our our regular panelist Greg Johnson with us today, uh, but he couldn't make it. However, he did have a couple of things um, to say about this movie. Um, "Quote: I liked it a lot. Felt like a detective film that just happens." Have cut his teeth in big budget filmmaking with the. Uh, recent-ish Planet of the Apes trilogy, um, Planet of the Apes, you know, Rise and et cetera of, of the apes. I, I'm a big fan of the original. I didn't have a problem with those sequel films. I thought it was nice to have them revisited. I thought some of the, the play between the apes and humans were, it's another one of those bleak, um, wow, the humans really are the crappy ones. Big surprise. Uh, <clears throat> this So I was excited for this initially. The more I saw of it, the more I did get a little concerned, uh, not because of Robert Pattinson. I think um, Edgar's The Lighthouse is with uh, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe is a sure sign that Robert Pattinson has the acting chops. There is absolutely no reason he could not have slayed as Bruce Wayne in The Batman. Uh, but I do have problems with Matt Reeves' choice for script and directing. And I think even those of us who liked the film, I think have had some problems as we reflected on this movie. First off, I just want to, the elephant in the room, it's a three hour long movie. Um, it's a three hour long movie in which I would say 
would be hard pressed to actually say two hours worth of content actually happened. This is a very slow film. Um, there are lots of slow shots. People move at a glacial pace. It's very odd. Um, in fact, in the beginning, the first time we see Zoe Kravitz uh, enter screen, she sees the Batman as he's talking to the penguin in the uh, uh, iceberg lounge area, penguins haunt. And she literally is setting a drink down. She's a server and she's setting a drink down in the most unnaturally slow, like this is still not on the table. I'm not even kidding. It's it's like if you chop the scene out and watch it, it's bizarre. It feels like it's in slow-mo. Um, this is kind of a consistent thing with this movie. It thinks there's something we should be looking at, but I don't really think there is. Um, I I'll so give you two guesses as to what you were supposed to be looking at, Nate. So here's, and here's the other thing. Zoe Kravitz is one of the most beautiful people in the world. Um, I will say that they did everything they could to put her in the cheapest Target Halloween wigs <laughs> on the planet in this movie. I mean, I don't know what costumer was on this and said, hey, remember Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049? Let's do that on a budget. Like it, it's real, her outfits, it pretty pretty horrid to me but that's you know i, I kind of thought that might have been a choice right like it was like she was she was on a budget so they like when she was wearing like you know the was like the purple or red wig or whatever i think that was probably the most egregious one uh <laughs> it, it really looked like it um and I, I i i think it was a choice i think it was actually like it, it could be you actually wanted it to look cheap it could be there's a lot i have a lot of strong feelings about the catwoman choices in this because I, catwoman is of course an iconic batman character the the villain slash ally um the love interest eventual you know uh lover of batman like just really iconic um been played by some of the greatest in history um of course you know julie newmar michelle pfeiffer eartha kit i mean this is an iconic character and I, first off, I'll say this is without being sexualized, really, this is still the most male centric gays movie ever, not because not ever, not because like she's in skimpy outfits like Halle Berry was in in the earlier iteration, which we've talked about several episodes back, but because her character is relegated yet again to a victim with no power and she's not allowed to be feminine and have like ethical um not even false, ethical questions that we could ask. For example, and, and again, guys, there's spoilers. If you want to go see this movie, of course, it's on HBO streaming right now. It's been playing in theaters. It's still in theaters uh, in a lot of most places. Um, check it out. I don't think the spoilers ruin the movie. I don't think there are any big ahas in this film at all, personally. Um, but so I'm going to dive right in. Her character has no arc and she doesn't drive the plot at all. And she has zero energy. She looks like she's going to collapse at any given time because of, I mean, it's also, Zoe Kravitz has the bedroom eyes, very, you know, seductive visual look to her. Her eyes are always half closed. You know, that's, this is not a read on that. But between the fact that she's so little and, and thin and the fact that she has that look and the film is so dark and she says so little, it's like an actual house cat is playing the role. Um, that again could be a choice, but I, 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 the thing about Catwoman and so many of the comics, think to one of the best representations of Batman's material, which has been the Batman animated series, right, from the 90s, is Catwoman 
was essentially a character that used femininity to get what she wanted in a very um, misogynistic world where men called all the shots. She used uh, fluidity, sexuality, feline grace, um, you know, uh, sex appeal to get what she wanted. And she was capable to succeed uh, in sort of undermining the male brute force of this world of, of Gotham superheroes and supervillains. And in this, she is relegated again to the most victim bound arc. I, 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 it's hard to say arc because I don't think she changes at the end at all. Um, there is a, John Turturro plays like the big bad um, gangster in this. And she, Batman accuses her of trying to rob steal things and she's like i'm not stealing that's my money he's my dad which is number one stupid in my opinion because we're telling him that in this world that is clearly broken and people are are suffering who don't deserve it she's only okay because she's stealing from someone who's related to her that's so weird are you telling me that she's not ethically covered because she's if she were stealing from another gangster's blood money like I, I think that that's weird then the biggest problem I had is he says but essentially she's a prostitute at the club and she's like uh, and maybe sleeping with the guy she's like no he's not I'm not sleeping with anyone he's my father and you're like first off there's nothing wrong with being a sex worker and in this Gotham you're telling me that at this underground club where political figures go to do clandestine drugs in the open that the servers there are probably not also prostitutes or escorts or something of that nature like i mean what world is this is gotham actually like nicer and less cruel than the real world we live in it's weird so the idea that she who is supposed to be this force of of uh powerful womanhood is like defending herself by saying i'm not quote, you know, I'm not a dirty person. Like, I'm just trying to get money back for my deadbeat dad. And I'm not a hooker. Like what? It was just such a missed, um, weird thing to do. Like, I don't understand what the concept was behind that. And again, why am I talking about this stuff that seems like oddballs? Because that's her entire plot. There's no reason she's in this movie. She doesn't drive the plot. There's no, like, there's no attachment to the big, um, the big villain of the film, which is the Riddler, who has uh, been uh, killing uh, prominent people in the city. And, and, and we'll move on from there. But let's just start with Catwoman. Um, Mandy, what did you think about Catwoman and Zoe Kravitz in this film? I hated her mask with a passion <laughs> of a thousand suns. <laughs> which would have been helpful for lighting this film. Like, <laughs> just... It was just yeah, she, so, so bad. Like, so unflattering, not that like, I mean, like they did so much else to kind of make her costumes flattering. Like I had no idea yeah. what their deal was, was with that. It was mask. Batman year one. Nate, remember was, Batman year one where he didn't even have the full bat mask. It was basically- We're going to talk about this because like, this is the excuse that's being bantered around is that everybody's new in this. Like Batman's only like year one or year two. Years. Catwoman's new. Here's the problem. Her costumes are custom-made leather cat suits, mm-hmm. but her mask—but her mask is <laughs> a a gas station, um, like, I mean, yeah, like a tiny person. It's a beanie. Like, it's a beanie that she pulled it. over her head. Um, 
there's also the idea too that the the cost that the the mask is an afterthought but yet she has a fully functional whip that she's trained to use Mm -hmm. that is that is only appears in one scene it just that the whole thing just kind of seemed again and she's like a ninja i don't even know like if she can crack a safe but like she's working at a bar i I just didn't understand anything no there and some people were supposedly mad because they're like catwoman's not a lesbian because she's she's living with a woman we don't know their relationship it's irrelevant one way or the other um it doesn't come out in the movie that she is sleeping with this person that she's trying to find who turns out to be dead who is working at the lounge like Mm. it's a it's all irrelevant um and that's unfortunately the whole thing is that why is she in this movie this is it's more egregious to me than uh sony forcing uh venom into sam raimi's spider-man 3 when he didn't fit in the plot because at least when Sam Raimi was dealt with this, that he had to put this in, he tried his best to have him do things in the movie and have screen time. Where in this, Zoe Kravitz appears and disappears from the plot at the will of whatever scene happens to be there. And the only reason, the only way that can work is if she's not integral to the movie. Um, yeah, Jeff. What was your take on Catwoman in this movie? Did you have any issues or was what was your feeling? Um, I actually don't have any strong feelings because she wasn't important to the film. Um, she was, as as you mentioned, not really important to the plot. Um, I, I kind of like, you know, uh, didn't I, I guess I didn't I didn't take as much offense to the the choices they they had because I actually do kind of uh, accept kind of the year one kind of argument because like Batman's not very formidable at all here at uh, all yeah. it, he's you know uh, and and to that extent like I could actually see future movies improving this film uh, because you know batman actually has space to grow like he actually can become formidable and becoming formidable would be interesting so Um, at what point in time if this is because this is the argument that even matt reeves said so batman yes they have they're having robert pattinson play younger they're trying uh at what age is he supposed to be then because his parents died how many decades at this point ago uh, even if he was, even if it happened at 16, what, how is his fire for passionate vengeance somehow stronger now at this point than it was directly after his parents dying? How is he, and what is this one moment of deciding now I'm going to be Batman? And because he already has a relationship with, with uh, soon to be Commissioner Gordon. So he gets in the crime scenes. So how yeah. can he be a new Batman if we have, he has everything at his disposal I mean, we know that the Batmobile is new, right? So maybe he's just been like the neighborhood Batman. Maybe he's just been working like a four block walkable radius. Like, I- I'm serious. I know I'm being facetious here, but- Neighborhood watch it, Batman. It speaks, yeah. to the, it speaks to the problem with the whole film to me, which is a core refusal to have a solid concept. The script does not feed well to any plot characters have zero development it's like they took a bunch of things out of a hat that they wanted to include put them in and then put the most flimsy arbitrary framework around it so they could just have things in the movie that have zero impact 
And it, it makes me mad because it's such a bad way to make a film, especially a film for Batman, where we already have all of these tropes, that we know these things. So if you're going to change something or bring something new, you don't have to start from square one. You know, we don't need another origin story of the Batman. And they're like, well, this isn't an origin story. I'm like, really? Because calling it year one or year two is basically saying it's an origin story that we didn't want to like call an origin story. Um, well, like, also, I'll, I'll give it, I'll give you a different. You so, so like, okay. so, 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 I mean, yeah, I can't, I can't explain like why, you know, he is what age, I don't know what age he is. I don't know why he is so kind of lame in this film. Um, but by by having a starting point of your character being a little bit lame uh you know the the essentially the entire uh narrative here is is building towards one thing batman is vengeance he goes out and he beats up street toughs at night basically that's like the the concept they're going with we think he and did it once maybe before this he was batman, i mean that's kind of the idea they, they, they talk about like he's his specifically his concept is he's ruling the streets with fear like he wants people to fear him. Um, that's like the. Did you whole believe that that was? Did he? Did you believe well, no, that I mean, he could do that at all? I'm just saying. But like, that's like. But that's the, did they that's show the anything? I know. I get it. They told us that, but did they show us anything that backed that up? Not really. I'm, I'm just. I'm just explaining. I'm not. The, yeah, the, I'm not attacking the, you. The overall just, structure right. of the film. They essentially is, gave us like they, they, everyone's. Everyone's like, oh god, Nate's off the rails. But no, seriously, they basically could have just given us a text scrawl at the beginning that said, sure. but I mean, the viewers, whatever. Batman's just, doing his job, but villains are afraid. And hey then man, I'm just in. trying to be devil's advocate <laughs> here for Matt Reeves. I'm trying to explain his vision. Right? He starts out. He rules. How much is he paying you, Jeff? How much is he paying? Zero. I, I don't kidding. care for this film that much, but I do think that it, it could it could become better with like a good sequel. I agree. I do agree um, with that because everyone are we, involved. Are we gonna is get? A, are we gonna get a Jeffrey right on this? Well, wait a minute. Let me let me let me finish the the, <laughs> the thing that I'd started on here. Just a second. Oh. We can we can go back to rewrites maybe later. We'll we'll uh, we'll whiteboard it. But here, so here is the premise, right? So he rules the streets with fear. You know, there's like the image of like the the darkness, the dark alley or whatever, and the criminal scared to go in it, and he ends up like running into a car, basically. <clears throat> So that's the concept, right? Is he's he's vengeance. They call him vengeance over and over and over again, like trying to like drive this idea home, just in case you missed it. Um, just in case you missed it, he actually says it to the camera. Yeah, um, it, so it's, I'm it's repeated over anyway. and over. So the then his big climactic end point is him trans trans tra uh, intentionally, based on what Matt. I assume was trying to do was he's transitioning from vengeance and essentially invoking fear into invoking hope. Um, that was the, the concept, right? Um, Which we all know is what Batman is so good at. Yeah. In, and, you know, so like the climactic moment, he, you know, chops the, the, the wire uh, falls into the water, you know, very tense moment. We're very scared for Batman. Cause you know, a, a small drop into swim. some water i was gonna say that <laughs> and yeah. then he has like you know his instagram moment where he moves an object that some other people couldn't move but couldn't not move. like 
with like great effort he kind of just like lightly shoves it out of the well, way he's done drugs at this point he he, sure, he essentially has steroids. He's like he has like a, an adrenaline shot we or don't know something. we don't know if it's i i thought maybe that it would be bane venom because it kind of looks like bane venom it's going green but again like it's year two how could we, did, we did have see like some of sort of green anyway. thing in some sort of sciencey because it's really early on it's always but a good anyway, idea but anyways the point is to put in a new element 15 minutes from the end of your three-hour movie who, and make who it a knows really what happens the the it's point is do sex machina and it's a brilliant device that everyone should use to make your script he, believable he anyway. pushes this thing out of the way which i guess was heavy which they kind of implied because like <clears throat> I mean, everyone was Other asleep by that point of the film anyway, so it doesn't really matter what was happening. Well, Gotham is but... built out of balsa wood in this universe. <laughs> so anyways, and then he helps the kid from the beginning, which was like the potential becoming him kid, mm-hmm. kind of like mirroring, parents almost, dead, like, yeah, yeah. almost like they wanted to do the origin story, but then they didn't do his origin story. Anyways, <laughs> so, so, they, so he helps yes. this kid out you know, across, you know, this like, you know, chest deep water over, you know, uh, you know, a little teeny bit of scaffold. And he helps, basically he helps two people out and then he walks them out. Uh, that's like his big, like, I am now leading people yeah. rather the than- The 50 people trapped behind him in the water needed a guy dressed all in black to lead them through the dark electricity filled water out. It, that's the yeah, thing. That's, it, that it, was it the part sense. that- it, yeah, I agree. That that actually was that was the part that I was just like, this Thank is you, I thought such I a something like a flaccid moment. Like <laughs> his, it really, it really is like yeah. this. Like it, it really, I, I can't even. I don't know why people are so like they had like really like epic music. Like it was like this big moving thing, and I'm just like, this feels like such like an Instagram moment. He's like he gets his moment of helping somebody out. Do you follow the Instagram for the Batman? They, because it is an Instagram moment. Um, you know what? But you know what I mean. Like he got, yeah. he got like his moment of like, oh, I helped him out, and then hashtag like, justice. Hashtag he's like, no he's longer then shown vengeance. like you know walking with a flare. You know, it, it is visually very interesting. Visually, it's like, quite nice. Yes. Um, but like in terms of like the character, it's like it would have been so much more interesting if like these people actually seemed like they were still in danger. They looked like they were just fine. And like you know, eventually yeah. they it were going to get like out. Looked like they were waiting for a bus. Yeah, yeah, like it looked like they were just hanging out. And so, I guess he like moved something heavy, and it like they were still too scared to get out on their own or whatever. Yeah, blah 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 blah. It it just it didn't. It would have <clears> been like way more impact. Here's my rewrite. Here's where I start rewriting. Uh, <laughs> it would have been way more impactful, like if he like you know took somebody on his back and like carried them out. It wouldn't have been as visually like interesting, but like then he goes back in, like he, ju- he like and he like does it over and over and over again. That would have been a heroic moment. That would have been it, like exceeded this like Instagram post of like showing him, you know, helping somebody over literally like a chest. Yeah, you know what would have been you know easier I mean? is if he wasn't in a bat suit and he just happened to be someone who went there to help people. Like that's part of my thing. Nothing in this movie, and you've kind of got to this, nothing is actually very exciting in this movie. Everything is at one level the whole time. It feels sort of like if you took a network cop show, like the first season, when they put a little money into it, you know, before it just becomes whatever schlock, uh, and they and they have Batman in it. And it feels like it's supposed yeah. to be a, a TV series because it's so mellow and low energy. 
Um, well, I think but, it actually would be almost more interesting if it wasn't uh, Batman, because like some of these, some of those kind of mild things that he would do, if it wasn't Batman, you'd be like, oh, that's exciting. Except, like, except it's, for the it's plot exciting that this person. <laughs> yeah, saying, you know what I mean, though. Like, if you change like yeah, a couple, you're a saying couple that nods. if if you put a different character in it. That yeah. it would highlight the plot, but the problem is the plot, which we'll get to, doesn't work. So you really, I, I'm, you have I'm merely to talking about book. the action scenes. The action <laughs> yeah, okay, scenes fair. were like a little bit like uh, soft. Well, and and, and I agree. So regardless, that's a good took, word for it. If you that's took somebody word. that was more like Lasted, a regular soft. Joe, and you had them falling into this water, you would you would maybe be a little bit tense. You know yeah, what like I mean? if, if, if it were, were a key, if it were a key trying to go into a lock to open a door, it would actually be made of spaghetti and it would just <laughs> flop around, maybe stick to the door, but it's not quite done yet. So I don't think it would. Here's what I'm getting at. Um, I just want to touch before we move to Tad, because Tad has to talk to us about Catwoman and get in here. He's being very patient is uh, <laughs> I want to just throw in because you mentioned the fight, the action being soft. The fight scenes are very, very unsatisfying to me um and i'm thinking it, you don't have to like Zack snyder by any stretch but if you look at like batman versus superman there is one standout action scene with batman where batman he breaks into the uh, the villains hideout you know their 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 multi-rise hideout and saves uh martha kent and it is the most brutal effective takedown of a group of people and yes, it's true that Batman isn't, you know, at this point in the game, it could be earlier on, he's not the expert that he would become, but he uses all the things, strength, power, technology, momentum, grappling, actual martial art moves, all these things to make it really effective. And all the action in this movie is, it's almost as if they didn't have a, a real choreographer. It's really basic and kind of meh. You never see any of the brutality. And you would need something like that and other moments as well that actually include some story elements or character interactions to make that arc that you're talking about, Jeff, because I think you're right. They hit us over the head with that it's supposed to be there from I'm angry vengeance to I am hope, which really should be I am justice because he, he's not giving them hope. He's not rebuilding their civic center, right? He's just saying that I can help people beat the bad guy. Um, but if he had moments where he went too far with violence, like they they pretend that there's that moment, right? When he starts punching a guy a bunch, but really there isn't. There's no one there saying like, <laughs> it's like they wanted the stop Bruce, you'll kill him moment, right? That stupid trite moment. Um, but there's never back and forth. He's never too kind or helpful to a villain and he's never too brutal to a villain. So him quote unquote finding his way doesn't work because which is why he had to give the monologue, the three line dull monologue of I'm hope, blah, 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 blah. You know, that he had and he also had to say I am vengeance. Like, which by the way, don't use a meme to be your serious moment in the movie. Don't do that. Like, I mean, X-Men 3 was not a good film in my opinion, but if they had had uh, Vinnie Jones say, um, I'm the juggernaut bitch, and it was supposed to be like meaningful and like powerful, that would have been a fail. But even at that point, they knew that was not going to be the case. It was going for a laugh. So don't have Batman looming over the camera going, I am vengeance. It's not a good look. Um, that, that's me on that. And, uh, and okay, Tad, what was your take on Catwoman in this movie? <laughs> Nathan, you are so fucking mad. I'm really, I am because 
I, here's the thing. When I walked out of the theater, I actually was a little relieved. I was like, I would give it a C minus, which sounds really harsh. But I mean, I like a lot of movies that are C minuses. I like a lot of D movies even, right? But I recognize that, that there are problems. But it's sort of like how in a movie that has a big gotcha moment, like an M. Night Shyamalan twist, it really, it only matters that it works in the moment because the more you think about it, there's too many holes that, that are present. So it's all about the experience. This is one of those movies that the longer you sit with the plot, the more problematic it becomes and the more ineffective. And what I, Jeff said, we'll whiteboard this as a joke to rewriting it. If somebody had whiteboarded this movie, it certainly doesn't show because every single little thing is just a bad moment to me. Um, it's like they did the bare minimum. It feels like someone's C-level homework. They know they didn't, they didn't plagiarize, but they didn't include any of their own thoughts. I right? have the answer for you. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm First, listening. I've got my own thoughts. <laughs> One, what you are experiencing right now is everything that I experienced with the latest Star Wars sequel trilogy. That, that, that thing where we had a, had a sit down with Chris Seaver and we talked about it and everyone mm -hmm. saw me lose my shit over it. And I'm like, this is what I went through. This is And listeners, we're going to talk about it again because we haven't actually discussed the, uh, God damn the, it. the modern trilogy of Star Wars. But anyway, continue. I'm not watching Rise of Skywalker. I'm not, I'm not doing it. Anyway. It's the best um, of the new what, trilogy. Anyway, continue. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, what you're... What you're also describing, as far as I'm concerned, is everything that I found that dissatisfied me about Spider-Man Homecoming, because mm. I left it feeling empty, like, this is not a Spider-Man movie to me. And that's because they skipped a lot of shit that makes Peter Parker Spider-Man. And thankfully, the new movie fixed a lot of that for me, even if there was a whole bunch of fan service, they fixed a lot of it. And in fact, they overcompensated in some ways, but it's like, I'll allow it. But um, what you're looking for, Nate, and I'm sure because you are a college professor and you know the term, this is a simulacrum of a Batman movie. This is not so. a Batman movie. This is, a, this is everybody trying to figure, it, to build a Batman movie. It's not an imitation. Through consensus. <laughs> yes. So, yes. And yes. That's this is the focus say, group, I, Batman. Yes, and that's not to say that I didn't like a lot about it, and that's the thing, is I was skeptical about the Robert Pattinson thing, but that's because my brain was still stuck in, like, what, 2007? Twilight, yeah. Let's talk about and, this, though. What did you like about the movie? Because, I mean, I will, I will I'd be the first to know that I am rife with negative opinions about aspects of this movie, but I do want to hear what you enjoyed about this movie, and maybe we can find some ground. So I thought that Robert Pattinson was actually a superior batman to christian bale and now keep in mind nate we went to go see batman begins in theaters do you remember mm -hmm. how meh that movie really is have you watched it lately and went eh, it's only kind of okay it's okay because of the ken watanabe raz al ghul moment the sure. actual batman Absolutely. in the kevin nolan movies is not very good in my opinion it's not the fights aren't very good um christian bale can't do batman he makes a Batman, you'll probably... I, I think know. a lot of it is Nolan's fault, too, because he has a problem with having people speak in his movies. Yes, uh, clearly. Um, <laughs> I consider The Dark Knight to be an accident. If you look at the entire trilogy, The Dark Knight Fair. is an accident. 
um, it was too good for the, what that trilogy or ended even, up. I wouldn't know if I'd say an accident, but sort of it was the perfect storm where everything worked because you had a really strong actor build their own character in it. And they chose to focus on that character because it was well done. The rest of it, yes, it doesn't work like that. Hence why one of the reasons why the only thing that saved some of the latest Spider-Man movies for me is how well the villains were done, which is okay by my book because oftentimes the villains are overlooked and it's really important to build them and make them proper. And the villains are great in the new trilogy and Spider-Man sucks. I'm sorry, but this new Spider-Man isn't great. He's better, much like, and yeah, I know, I'm going to have the the hot take opinion. I Send your hate mail to, yeah. Black Panther was better in Civil War and then they gave him his own movie and they didn't develop him. Like, he wasn't there for his own movie. It's kind of like the same thing they did with the Netflix movie. We're not going to talk about Civil War because that was a bad movie. So nothing, in my opinion, was better about Black Panther. So I get what you're saying, though. He had this mystery about him because he was so aggressive and wouldn't listen to to Bucky. But that's, you're, you're completely, I can't overlook the fact that Tony Stark turns into a giant man child that has no concept of reality in that movie. So we're going to sidestep that. That's, that's, the, that's another conversation, but it is my, 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 what I'm trying to get at is Batman is one of the only characters where I've always felt he's truly got that real duality between what is the mask and what is the person. There is a mm. distinct separation between who Bruce Wayne is and but who But you Batman. saw that in this movie? Yes. Because he lit. I think you're making it up and here's why I'm going to say that. And I'm not, I'm not trying to, I think you're wishful thinking it because here's my issue. Matt Reeves over and over and over again, talked about how he saw Kurt Cobain as the template for this Bruce Wayne. Now here's my issue as someone who Nirvana was very formative in my, like all of us who grew up when the rise of grunge was Kurt Cobain in interviews was very sort of taken aback not even reserved, but very timid, quiet, uncomfortable with the entire setup of answering questions. That's what Christian Bale is in there. I mean, Christian Bale, that's what Robert Pattinson is in this movie. The problem is, is that when Kurt Cobain is on stage, when he was on stage, he was the performer, the music, the aggressor, all the emotion. And what's supposed to happen is that Batman, Bruce Wayne can be the timid, Uh, orphan damaged boy but Batman is the emotion and Matt Reeves and I can't help but think Robert Pattinson too in this case blew that obliterated any delineation he uses the same voice he is so quiet and timid that when he's in when when Gordon brings him into the crime scene he won't even look in the direction of other officers he seems like a scared damaged child which is that's Bruce. I don't know how you could, especially when you have Gordon, who's on his way to becoming commissioner. When you have him, he's going to see Bruce Wayne. He knows who Bruce Wayne is at some point, even if Bruce Wayne doesn't show up to almost anything. He's one of the most rich people in the town, right? The richest person in the town. So they're going to know that every single person who has a TV, whoever saw a glimpse of him would know that's Batman. Did I like Christian Bale's growl? No, it was ridiculous. It was too much. Um, did I... I didn't mind the the voice changer with Zack Snyder, but I understand it's a choice because when we read the comics, we don't see, hear that. So it, it's hard to make that, it's a choice, right? But there has to be a middle ground. He cannot act and stand and walk the same way as Bruce Wayne. It's so, it was, 
it, it feeds into what Jeff said. This was to me the most disappointing Batman figure ever. He can't fight. He's the world's worst detective. He got zero information on his own. Absolutely nothing. 100% of the shots were not taken and he didn't get them. He was fed every single line and there weren't even any puzzles. There weren't even any puzzles in this movie. They're fake puzzles. Um, and we'll go to, let's go to the Riddler, okay? Because Paul Dano plays the Riddler. We only see him uh, actually as a recognizable character really in the bat within the last 45 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Um, and he's, I'm not super familiar with his work. He's a very competent actor from what I've seen. Um, they play him as this weird mix. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Mandy. Yeah, let's go, Mandy. What were you, what, were you, what do you got on docket? I was just going to say, like, for a kid who grew up an orphan, he sure knows a lot of dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can we, and we can't even, I can't get over the fact that this was, and Matt Reeves, like, I know you actually can write a script because you've written other movies that have been better, mm. but you have lines in this movie. There aren't that many lines. And some of the lines you have in this movie are the worst lines that should never be said again in any movie, unless it's like a Will Ferrell movie and it's a joke of it. Because like, <laughs> he has him turn to Alfred, you're not my dad. You're yeah. not my dad, Alfred. Like, what, what is this? Is this seventh heaven? Like, what garbage? I'm sorry, it's the most ridiculous. Also, why is Alfred in this movie? Here's what Alfred does. He shows up to give one snide comment to Bruce, who then says that he feeds him a line about what this one line that could be Spanish or could be Latin or, you know, anything, what it is, which by the way, has nothing to do with the plot. They pretend it does. It has zero to do with the plot. Diagram it out. It's not even irrelevant. Um, he gives him that. And then he opens a letter bomb that comes to the house. That's by the way, um, who's what moron? He's, he knows he's going out as Batman. You get a mystery package to Maine Wanner, to Maine Wanner, Maine, Wayne, Maine Wanner. Which by the way, I kept expecting Doctor Strange to pop up because what is this fucking medieval castle in the middle of oh, uh, a, a duplicate of New York City? You didn't even let me get to that, Nate. Because it's, the visuals were one of the things that I sort of liked about this movie. For one, the car chase scene was pretty cool. And I like the idea that they made the Batmobile a little more stealth. It's like, a muscle it car. Like just, it's just a muscle stealth? car. Stealth? It's a muscle stealth? car no, with no, a no. short no. muffler. Stealth, as in, you know when the Batmobile is driving down the fucking street, you know when the tumbler's coming down. But a souped-up Charger in Gotham City, people will be like, it's a loud fucking car, who cares? But did you notice okay, how, much, you, I guess. how much Matt Reeves tried to homage 1989 Batman? There's film grain on the movie. It I don't care about cool. 1989 Batman. Be you know why? But they, because but they this is nothing about 1989 Batman. Sure. It doesn't feel care. like it. Um, do we? Because, I mean, we care because Michael Keaton is going to be in The Flash. No, right? I mean, they want you to care. Do you see how, did you see how many beats they took from other Batman movies to put into this? Like I said, Simulacrum. They went, sure. this is, no, this is I stuff they put in other Batman movies. But, Let's but it doesn't look Batman. right. It looks it like doesn't. he took a James Wan movie set because it's so fake and i'm sorry you have how many servants you must have in this house nobody's dusting the bookcase like what what is happening here like and and they don't address it i it just it doesn't make any sense that nothing matched when you see gotham it's always orange with tubes tubes of metal carrying steam to other tubes right i get that i get that's what you went with 
but it, it doesn't make sense. So anyway, Alfred opens a letter bomb and then he spends the rest of the movie in the hospital, which we see once. <laughs> it's irrelevant. He is so completely, I'm sorry, he shouldn't even be credited in this movie because he's not given a chance to act. There's no reason for him to be there. Also, can we get to the Riddler? And here is my biggest issue is the Riddler is supposed to be the plot, right? And they did an interesting choice with the Riddler where they went, they tried to combine both the um, anti-establishment, um, uh, sort of anti-corruption uh, left with the proud boy internet troll Stormfront right. They took both of them and they crammed them together into one essentially internet fuckboy, pardon my French, who decides to random, to not randomly, I guess, he says it's not random, but kills some big figures in Gotham politics, um, which guess what? It's not the plot. The plot is, is he's actually set a bunch of charges on the bay so he's gonna flood downtown. Um, that's actually the point. And when everybody then goes in because it's a fake, even though it's not a fake because they have to leave, it's getting flooded. They all go to where they're supposed to go in case of an emergency, which is the big Gotham auditorium downtown. And when they get there, his internet trolls are on the big like lighting system catwalks with weapons and ammunition. And they start shooting the crowd and try and kill the mayor. That's his big plan. But here's the, here's the question I have about this. Um, he's supposed to be smart, but nothing has any purpose, meaning, or I'm just gonna say it, riddles. There are no riddles in this movie. They say they're riddles, but they're not riddles because here's what he does. Here's what constitutes a riddle in this movie. First off, the only thing that might actually be kind of um, a pun at least is that he has information on a thumb drive which he has shoved into a severed thumb, okay? Can we just say that that is both not a riddle and not very effective because number one, they would never put that into a computer right away. It would go to a lab, but whatever, who cares? Well, it was actually I'll a thumb like on a keychain with a thumb drive also on the keychain. It, it, it's really stupid is what it is. But anyway, whatever. Okay. I get it. I, I actually a, think yeah, though, it's a pun. It's a exactly. Pun. It's a pun. Yeah. It's a pun, but fair enough. Okay. The Riddler's allowed to have bad puns. He had bad puns in the comics too. Here's the thing. The riddles are all the people that uh, the Riddler, uh, which by the way, why did they call him the Riddler in this? Because he, he wears a costume with a bullseye on it at like a, like an aimer logo. And 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 that's it and, and monocles under like a, a green garbage bag that's all it is but okay it's a choice that's fine i'm not even mad at that uh because the riddler's costume in the comics is bonkers so i get it but here's the deal he kills people or sets them up in these discount bargain basement saw traps that are so clearly ripped from again james wan who i don't even like james wan's movies took james wan's saw traps and then he inscribes cryptic poems on them which are not riddles there is nothing to understand or learn also if it was a riddle if you could argue to me through actual semantics that any of these are riddles they don't matter because they have no impact because the answer is the guy he's killing is either already dead or dies by the time you can read the riddle it doesn't make sense so when you call him the Riddler and you're like, oh, what an interesting take. No, he's just a serial killer that's ripping off Saw movies with devices that are so small and poorly designed that we as the audience cannot see them effectively. It's, it's, 
it was bad. I really, really didn't like that because the idea of that actually had some merit to be interesting. Make the Riddler scary again, right? That's an interesting idea. A murderer that has a plan, he's a zealot, it makes sense. But the problem is his outcomes have no sense. He's not going to bring down the, uh, uh, basically there is a scandal, okay? Which is sort of ripped from, cult of, from Court of Owls, Scott Snyder's really excellent Batman story, which by the way, Matt Reeves, I don't think cited as a reference, despite <laughs> citing every other major Batman story except the Dark Knight Returns as a reference. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it just, it didn't make sense. So then, then, okay, we get the Batman looking around with one remaining police officer in the Riddler's dingy apartment, okay? Which is full of other saw traps that I guess he didn't plan ahead enough to use. I don't know, the Riddler's in prison. He's having, he's have speaking, he's, he's, which is totally fine. I think it's valid to have this kind of character. He's clearly, they try and put him on like, not maybe the real spectrum for people who have autism or things, but like the TV mode of, of, of autism, right? Where like, he doesn't really get cues, he's hyper-focuses um, and he can't communicate effectively. So, which is why he's thrived in this little self-delusional online environment. But when he thinks that his plan is spoiled before it comes to fruition, he then has a break and he freaks out and he cries and he becomes hypersensitive to stimuli and just shrieks and stuff, right? Interesting choice. I'm okay with that. I actually think that's an okay choice. Paul Dano, okay, cool, whatever. It, because it's Vogue, ever since Heath Ledger took on the Joker, it's been Vogue that you can't just have a Batman villain with a good script. You have to give the Batman villain some sort of insane twist, right? Because a guy who tells riddles to commit crimes in case so he could be caught if someone's good enough is not crazy, right? Like he's not crazy enough. He has to be uh, scream at the top of his lungs that someone stole his train truck or whatever, you know, at the birthday party when someone discovers his plan whatever i'm off the rails there i get it okay i got i got a take on on the riddler okay if you're if you're willing to absolutely feed control to me for so my first (laughs) problem with this film was it was too soft uh the second problem was it's just too simple um the uh you know whenever you have like uh, clearly this was a noir style like with you know the voiceover right from the get it was like you know gritty dark blah 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 it was like you know textbook what it was meant to be uh but whenever you and you have like that kind of the detective mystery thing you really want some sort of interplay between you know your your killer and the um detective. protagonist yeah in in this case uh our detective is defective he he doesn't he doesn't really do no any even any of the tropes like the um you know he doesn't like, question like anyone nate, like nate he was saying analyze well, he anything kinda does through like a proxy uh uh for the da but like he could have then just run down and and you know question the da himself but instead I, I can't even remember what happened next in the plot. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Because it's the not point connected is, to what happens next. He, anyway, continue. He uh, he basically just follows these pretty poor puns, like pretty obvious puns, um, through this, like, uh, you know, series of places where the Riddler wants him to go. Um, 
you know, the one, the one time he goes to the wrong place and he starts chasing down the penguin, you know, the penguin then gives him like, Hey, you idiot, you know, you're, you mistranslated this, this, um, uh, this phrase from Spanish. And then like, you know, he works it out in his head and adds words and then URL comes out of it. It's pretty, it's a pretty bad pun. And it wasn't really very clever. Um, that whole kind of series of events, um, it also could then, have been more quickly solved with Google Translate, which apparently doesn't exist in this universe. Yeah, but I mean, so, but then you get to the, your next breadcrumb from the Riddler again. Um, there was never a point where Batman basically overcame or was like a step ahead of the Riddler. Never. Not, a, not ever, like not even close. Like he was like three steps behind always. Was just following he only learned about the series. explosion, not in time to stop it. Because a uh, because a the cop the, the one cop that was with yeah. him at the scene is like yeah that's like a carpet hammer or something it's yeah, something to so pull like, up carpet with Again, the way we want our detective to 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 solve this is be like what is this object I am very curious that has to have some meaning and then they go and research it it yeah having literally just a random person show up that's not even named be like oh <clears throat> this is what that thing is that you should here's the other problem about um does batman not have a phone because i'm sad that this batman could have actually solved the crime much earlier had he like my old outdated samsung galaxy 10 like it just there's no bat computer there's not even it's like he is in 1965 well he had like the world there that he was he went to the URL with and anyways, I, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. It's kind of, it's, it's kind of weird. Like It's so bad. Plus the carpet just, wasn't pulled up. They didn't, they didn't study this apartment of a serial bomber murderer at all. They didn't lift up the carpet, which is clearly patched in a weird shape in the center of the room. Like it's just the most, it's, it's a lack of forethought into how to make the movie um effective through multiple watches even if i saw it and i loved it i would then go home and as soon as it came on hbo max what would i want to do right i want to rewatch it everything would become brutally apparent immediately and it would kill the joy to watch it again so yeah. here's the and here's the well, other so let problem. me let me just let Sorry, me just finish my my point so fair so the the two simple things so like it, here's why that interplay works so well in films like if you you, you probably have seen this a hundred times and you didn't even notice it is it's like two grandmasters playing chess against each other. It's very interesting to see people kind of basically tilt back and forth. It's as Sherlock the one Holmes that's in and control. Moriarty. Yeah, you, you get you get that that interplay where you're like, you know, one person's outsmarted them, and then you know, back and forth. This feels more like a grandmaster playing chess against a child. It's like it it, it actually diminishes the the grandmaster. It's like okay, you beat a, a 12 year old that can't figure out like the most simple, like, like doesn't even understand the rules of the game. And so it's like the Riddler's not even is actually should have been really interesting, but is not interesting because he doesn't have anybody formidable to push up against. He's not being tested. He actually gets angry <laughs> at Batman in this film that he didn't figure things out. He's like, I Which want is, like a, a very yeah. clear clue. 
Like he's like he literally says, it? "Oh, I thought you were so like, much smarter, right?" Like he's like, "Oh, I thought you were smarter." And I so did so we too. Yeah, and that was frustrating because it, it it diminishes everything in this film <clears throat> by making Batman so like incapable, incapable. Exactly, he's uh, it's it, he needed he needed to really outsmart the Riddler at least once, once and get ahead of him. At and least doesn't. one time. He doesn't he at all. He had to get ahead. He had to be clever. He had to figure something out. It it it, it just it just leaves the whole thing flat. Well, and you said point. everything is right for noir, but I'm gonna go back to Tad. It's like a simulacrum of noir because it looks like it should be noir. They're telling us it should be noir, but noir is the critical thing is that there is a mystery to be solved, and we are being fed along with the people in the film bits and pieces to when the reveal is made, we aren't, wait, what? It doesn't, we're not angry, we're not confused. It makes sense, but we still didn't get it. That's the biggest one because they got us. And the this only, movie doesn't have it. The only thing I'm gonna say about the Catwoman plot is you're correct because where did the uh, the murdered uh, hostess go? Well, it turns out they just found her in a car randomly. Batman, Which was the only good problem. reveal, but it didn't it just, matter. It had nothing just, to do with anything. It's like, oops, we just happened to trip on her body. Like, <laughs> Batman didn't solve that either. But um, what I was going to say, Nate, is to keep on that theme going, is I, I noticed a lot of weird story beats where they just kind of pulled stuff and just went, if you're clever enough to know a lot of batman media you'll get the reference it's pretty obvious they lifted the assassination scene straight out of the dark night like he does the same goddamn thing same thing with the flooded city it's arkham city they flooded part of arc uh, of arkham i mean they and, flooded and a little of bit of cataclysm or, and yeah, no it's, yeah. It, it's just they pull a whole but again, bunch of stuff but without we should have seen the harbor and the dikes we should have seen that earlier because when you just introduce these big things even though, like, those of us who know Batman know that Gotham is sort of like Actually, a... Actually, again, I thought I was missing stuff through this yes, whole film. Right. I thought I was missing things. Because they keep introducing and... things that don't okay, matter. Okay, and it turns out I did not. No. We just were making oh, things up. Oh, okay. you're missing things? No, no, no. Uh, everybody should know that there's a drug <laughs> called Drop in this Batman universe, which they reference several times within a 10-minute scene that has nothing to do with anything that people do openly in clubs where they you literally use eye drops to put drugs in them. And it just, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's well, stupid. And it doesn't I, matter. I kind of like when you put details in, like, I, I'm not, not necessarily advocating for Drop, but like in the street tough scene, where like there was a bunch of basically um, uh, like kind of Joker. Like Joker kind of ass. They had like the painted faces, uh, and then there was one who had a basically half of his face was covered with paint, uh -huh. and clearly was his initiation, and he was going to earn the other half of his paint. Like they didn't have to explain it. Here's the thing, though. Get it right. You that was I mean? one of the better parts. But here's what I'm going to tell you: you're 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 catching that is sort of also a an accidental success on the film's part because that actor <laughs> i mean i, that, I like well, hold on that yeah. actor is tim drake from the titan series which was introduced last season so he is an easter egg in and of himself were oh. he fully in makeup he would not likely be very discernible so the mm. fact that they focused so much on that was clearly given extra because it's an Easter egg for Titans fans. So, and I agree with you though. I liked the fact narrative storytelling, that's using things that 
actually work for the medium, right? Half the yeah. face. It's, you know, it's going to be like, this is initiation. He's not going to join the Jokers now because Batman showed up and clumsily beat them. Um, yeah, so I agree with you. By the way, I also just did a little, re- little on-the-fly research. Our producers phoned in. Matt Reeves intended for this Batman to be about 30. So let me tell That's you right. what Batman has been doing with his life uh, to gear up to be Batman. He's been playing Fortnite. That's essentially what I can assume because he has nothing ready for Batman. That's um, what I thought because they said it was 20 years. I was like, he probably had his parents killed around eight. So he should be around 28 by the time this movie plays out. It just, it doesn't work because I, I understand the trouble and the struggle that Matt Reeves didn't want to do an origin story. He said that because it's been done so many times and because people like us complain that it's been done so many times. But here's the problem. He still was doing an origin story, as we said. And when you're still doing an origin story, but you don't want to put it in the timeline that makes sense for the story, you get this. You get the Jesus conundrum. Where's the 33 years, man? You telling me he's still a virgin, but he's 33? Like, it's that argument. Batman didn't do any Batman stuff to get good at it before 30? Like we're expected as millennials to have careers by now. And I'm like, and Batman can sit on his duff and not know how to use Google Translate, doesn't know Spanish, has to be schooled by everyone's old Italian grandpa who is Colin Farrell as the penguin, which by the way, great prosthetics, give it to them. Um, You know, like it just, it's so broken. I just, it feels like cosplaying. It feels like there's a person cosplaying as Batman. Like this is the Birdman with Michael Keaton and somebody thinks he's Batman, but he's not really Batman. If that was the big reveal at the end, they shoot him and he's like, my body armor is not working. And he dies like, cause you're not body armor. You're not Batman. You're just some kid. That would have worked. I had a hockey mask. I'm not wearing hockey pads. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so he, that's the thing. And we didn't talk about Colin Farrell as the penguin. It really is a full transformation. He doesn't sound like Colin Farrell. He doesn't look like Colin Farrell. Um, he does play like an Italian mobster. Here's my issue with that though, too. I think he could be interesting for a series, but his, his character has zero reason to be here because, and he's not very smart because when the uh, Selena Kyle's parent dad is killed, or excuse me, taking a custody kill. I don't even remember at this point. Um, he, he's, he's then uh, they basically, he's going to run the business, but then he flips out and gets arrested too. When, if he was any sort of gangster, he would have stepped back. Either he's loyal and he steps back and he's going to run it from, well, you know, run it in the meantime, or he really wants the top. And this is actually all this benefit, which would have been a good story point, which is what I thought was going to do because they've only done it for the entire run of the TV show Gotham. And like, it was successful. So I thought maybe they would understand that plot point, but instead they just throw it away. They're not even throw it away. They, they show you the opposite happening. Also, Here's the problem. We know that police procedure isn't followed in this at all, which is fine because it's a comic movie. Okay, I'll give them that. I'll give them that the, the police literally just left a guy in a suit in the crime scene and didn't check anything whatsoever, even though there are models of murder devices lying around. Um, is Batman uses the front door several times to go to the Iceberg Lounge. He literally knocks on the door. Can you think 
of a less intimidating, less Batman concept than knocking on the door and having to actually converse with the bouncer? You know, like I, I would have to do? Like I would have to do. What madness <laughs> is this? Like, I don't, I know that they wanted the scene, they wanted the club to be underground. Fine. Are you telling me there's no other way for Batman to come in? He has to walk past the bouncer and actually get in fisticuffs with a bouncer for a public bar to get to the penguin. It is the most sad. And not only is it sad and poorly directed, in my opinion, and by the way, it's poorly directed. I watch a lot of bad movies, guys. It's is he actually like we see it several times in long form in long form we see it multiple times it is i don't know how you walk into a meeting with even the most ridiculous garbage of a human executive producer who's been around forever that they will have to scrape out of the chair at warner brothers when they die you know who i'm talking about you when you get even that i don't know how you walk into that person's office and say Here's this scene. Imagine dark street. It's night, nightlife, the docks, Batman knocks on the door, opens it. Bouncer says, get bent, punches bouncer, walks in. Bouncer's still fighting him. Why at that point would you not say, oh, I'm sorry, you're fired. You're fired. <laughs> what, what, what is, I just don't get it. Like, is it because it had never been done before? Was he trying to do anything? Was he like, I can't do anything new. So let me have Batman use the front door and have to struggle past the bouncer like any Joe Schmo would have to do. I just, I just don't get it, guys. They missed an opportunity. He could have, they could have opened the door and he could have just said, I'm the goddamn Batman. I'm the goddamn Batman. And they could have just let him in. I, I thought there would be some change. Like I thought they'd open the door and the bouncer would be beat to hell and he would just step back and go right in. Like nothing. It's just also, you don't understand, guys. If you haven't watched this yet, Batman doesn't just knock on the door to go in. He then has to walk through the dance floor, presumably, to get to either the secret club in the back or the Penguin's business office. He has to walk through 20-somethings in their really, really cheap Amazon skanky outfits, men and women who are wearing too much cologne. He has to bump shoulders with these people to get to his big meeting with the Penguin. It, it is been, incompetent. It would have made more sense if they had built it up to the point where they were already like going to have that meeting anyway. And they basically were like, oh, we were expecting you. Come on in. The boss wants to see you. And it could have been shorter and it would have been like, well, Batman's got a rep in this town and basically no one wants to fuck with him. So let him see the boss. I'm like, Batman doesn't have plans to all of the uh, air ducts. We couldn't at least just have the yeah. idea that Batman shimmied through the air ducts and Penguin just goes to the thing. Maybe he's like, I got to drain the snake. And he goes and opens the door <laughs> to the can with his hand on his zipper and Batman is there. Can we have anything different than knocking <laughs> on the door? Like, and you should have told Batman, just hand the guy a 20 and he'll let you in. It's not freaking Fort Knox. Like, I mean, it's just, it, it, I watched, I was sitting in the theater looking around like, am, am I on drugs? Like, did I take 
an, an eye drop full of amphetamines? No, because I am not ripping my seat up and throwing it at the screen, which any sane person would do at that point after watching Batman go into the club through the front door. How do you think so, they're going to handle the Joker? So here's the deal. We all probably at this point, if you're a fan or whatever, have seen the deleted scene of the Joker um, it, from this movie. Now, the Joker is only, we only hear him in the actual theatrical cut. He is in the cell sort of catty corner to the Riddler. Uh, he's played, what is, does anybody remember his name? I apologize. He's actually, no. I think, I think a very skilled actor. He's from the Eternals. Um, here's, here's the issue, okay, with, for me. Um, they really... It's so hard to do the Joker now because everyone thinks they have to take a new unique take. The sad fact is, is that the only take that has not been taken of the Joker is the one from any of the comic books, right? So we've never seen, we've had some cool Jokers, right? Jack Nicholson had a very fun, interesting take. We had, um, uh, of course, Heath Ledger's iconic take. We have the take inspired by the Laughing Man in the original 60s Adam West, uh, Emperor Ward TV show. We have uh, Mark Hamill's, brilliant. Mark Hamill's probably the closest to the comic Joker from the animated series. Okay, we have those Jokers. The comics themselves have several different variations on the Joker. You could pull any one of them and that would be something we haven't seen in a live action film. But instead... They're like, we have to take it farther. What did Heath Ledger had? Oh, he had scars around his lips. We're going to give this guy giant bulboid tumors on his face, huge scarring, scraggly green hair, which somehow I guess it's genetic at that point because he's been in Arkham. So he's not getting any dye. Like, and, and because he's played by a young actor, this horrible Quasimodo figure sounds like someone who is on a nick show a yeah. nickelodeon yeah. teen show his voice does not match the it's visual not, at it's all not the slightest bit intimidating no and it's just so like the idea and here's the thing why did you cut that scene because it actually at least was something different where he I tell you why this is why they said because it wasn't integral to the plot it didn't necessarily work oh, nothing shit. in the oh. movie was integral to the plot <laughs> nothing can I tell you guys listeners think about how the Riddler caught I think it was his second victim right out of the drop head quote unquote the guy who was doing drugs he was this was he a city comptroller I don't even remember uh he, he was on he was yeah, the DA. DA oh he was the DA the okay DA the DA of the city like, a day in the city. Unbelievable. Right. By the way, who has nobody with him? Nobody no. with him. He's going to uh, a clandestine club to do drugs. Doesn't have a bodyguard. Doesn't have an assistant because uh, that happens. I mean, I'm sorry. People in the real world do this. Who are in? Who are DAs? Sometimes, not all. Whatever. Uh, we've all seen the mayors of New York. Like they they do this. They're not alone. Um, by the way, he leaves the club also by the front door. Goes what? 30 feet to his SUV, which is parked in an adjacent alleyway. He's the only one parked there. There is nothing around him, not even a dumpster, just an alleyway in the dark. And he gets attacked in his SUV. Like, first off, it's an American SUV. The alarm's going to go off if you breathe next to it. Even if you have the key fob, it doesn't even work. It's probably going to catch on fire on the drive home. So there's no way the Riddler, this bumbling kid, is inside the SUV already. That's, That's stupid. Lame. 
because it was lame. I, I expected it to at least be like car bomb. Like I expected car bomb. I'm like Something. really the back seat, the back seat. And it's just, I just, I don't get it. I just don't get the appeal of this movie because, and again, all of this stuff, as I'm saying it, you're, you're either one of two places at this. You're either, oh my God, he's kind of right. Or you're like, this guy's off the rails. Is he off his meds? Does he need more of his meds? What's happening? Probably. But here's the deal. Right? Six, to one, six to one and a half dozen the other. I'm a podcaster, okay? I'm allowed. Um, uh, so here's the deal. When I was in the theater, I was actually relieved that I didn't dislike the movie as much as I was afraid I was going to by hearing what Matt Reeves was saying. Because when you hear a director, Stephen Summers did this uh, with um, Van Helsing, right? When you see a director start saying all sorts of disparate sources of inspiration for the project, it often means they do not have a clear idea of what they're doing with it. Not always. Sometimes it's just so advanced and so brilliant that we as the audience aren't getting enough pieces from them to put it together, how it actually is going to be. But it's a, it's a telltale sign of a project that could be in trouble. Okay. So when we hear that, then you look at the movie, I was very scared. But what it is, is it's a three-hour mostly coherent movie the problem is is that it seems skit based because one scene does not lead to the next scene how does he by the way catch the riddler the riddler is waiting for them at the nearby diner he is waiting for them again back to jeff's point there is no yeah, he, detective he never work. he never gets he never beats him he never he never gets one up on never yeah. never and I just, and again, it brings back to the problem too of I'm like, you know what? You should have made the, the Riddler then um, a racist or a super populist person, right? Something, he needed some drive to do this because the idea that he is both anti-corruption and is online with a bunch of extremist trolls is a fiction. If we had extremist left-wing people to the extent that we have extremist right-wing people in this country, things would probably be different, but we don't. I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm saying that they don't operate and effectively work the same way. Right-wing people who are extremists actually, unfortunately, coordinate better than, than left-wing activists. That's why we see horrible things like mass shootings at churches and of, of, of that aren't Christian or of black people or gay people in this country is because people who are extremists with hate tend to either be more gung-ho and effective with their crazy zealotry. And they also, like Kyle Rittenhouse, tend to get, and yes, I'm getting political because that's part of the story here. They're tried to anyway, or, or teased at it. Uh, they will get support from the right-wing extreme members of the parties. So when you have that, you you can't just say, you, you can't do that, pull that punch like, well, everybody has to like this movie. My hands go up. Both sides are at fault. You can't do that. Pick one. Just pick one. This isn't like... I mean, this isn't death wish. No one's going to, you know, even if they string you up online on Twitter, it would at least be a coherent narrative. So, but when you try to do that, you just undermined all of the great thought you had by having someone like this character be the Riddler who coordinates other people to do his bidding online. Like those are interesting nuggets of, of concepts, right? But the plot doesn't help it. 
It can't grow. It can't bloom. It can't work as a good story because there's just a bunch of these elements tossed into a blender and then stuck onto the most simple bad guy beating hero silence of the lambs without Anthony Hopkins and no strong narrative arc or a to B progression. Um, I mean, I think, I I think like for, for me, it was like, you have this character that's very anti-corruption. Uh, he, he has like, uh, you know, uh, I, I, some sort of, I, I don't even really fully understand his, his politics because it, it doesn't really Basically, there was an orphanage project that never got built and everybody involved skimmed money off of it instead. That's no, it. I mean, I, I, understand, I understand what was on the screen, I, I, but they didn't fully, uh, no. they didn't fully explain like the Riddler's actual like, like goal uh, well his vision like for like the world like yeah, what did he right? want the world to be it was kind of like oh i don't like the way the world is so i'm just gonna burn it all down like that was kind of like but he's not even and that's the thing it doesn't it's not even sense. burning it all down right because the joker in in heath ledger's joker and in the comics this is one of the similarities that that have made it screen is they're sort of a force for themselves but also for chaos right that chaos is part of what feeds them they want to do things that upset the balance this character, like you said, they couldn't, they didn't pick something like racism or, or uh, even socialism, right? Anything that could be considered an extreme because it's not where we're at currently. They didn't pick that. And so, yeah, what was his end game? His end game was to end up in jail and have the Batman stop a bunch of his followers from shooting the mayor and then random strangers in a flood safety zone. Like it just didn't have any sort of sensical weight. There's like, and also guess what? Um, more kids were killed at Sandy Hook than in that attack. So what are you trying to tell us? Like, I don't understand the scope of his actual thing. Like you said, the swelling of the music, all that stuff. Not that it wouldn't be a terrible event, but they could have done that at a shopping mall. They didn't need to blow up a dike and flood half of downtown and then have people crowd. It just didn't make sense. None of it made sense. They didn't look at it from two feet away like you do with a painting to see if your perspective is right. You know, they made the whole film at this weird granular level and then said my masterpiece. And you look at it and you're like, wow, it's great. But uh, Botticelli wouldn't have made that person's hand six times the size of their face and that other guy's hand, you know, the size of a pinhead. It just doesn't work. And I know I've ripped it apart, but I will say this. I agree with Jeff. I do think this has the potential to make for a far superior sequel, far superior. The reason is because you, you sort of can't backtrack and do an origin story after your fake origin <laughs> story. Um, and you could have an interesting villain, but here's the thing. I don't want it to be that Joker. No. I don't. I no, don't right. want two people in their 30s playing people in their 20s who are supposed to be in their 30s acting like children. I don't want because that. You're, because you fucked up the timelines. You can't even bring in Joaquin Phoenix. Well, no, but that's the thing too. Warner Brothers, they, they have trouble with sticking with the plot. They knew when they greenlit this years ago that this was going to be on its own timeline. They knew that the Joker was going to be on its own timeline. And we should talk about that because I have thoughts on that movie too. Um, but anyway... We've I've talked your ears off. It's been me. I don't know why I'm saying anybody else. You guys did put in some amazing things. I'm I'm proud that you got words in. 
around my mad screaming because they could have just listened to me talk about a movie like this and been like, that's it. That's our Riddler, that guy right there. He seems fine. And then when something bothers him, he loses his mind. Uh, but they didn't. They just apparently listened to the pod and and just uh, based it off that and said, Paul Dan, I'll watch this guy for a couple hours. Uh, but anyway, that has been this episode of the Batman, but let's go to the recommendations because we may have some different takes. This is a rare one for me. I don't recommend this movie. I don't think there's enough to, to recommend it. I don't think the Batman is strong. The plot isn't strong. I think the whole movie is muted. Um, by the way, the, the car chase scene, their one attempt at a big action scene, Tad said it was exciting. I didn't really like it. One, they played the whole thing in the trailer. Two, it, it ended with the most ridiculous anticlimactic garbage. Batman and Gordon catch the penguin and they basically leave him chained up to what a, a building or pipe or something that, as though he, he even, didn't do he anything. Just, he was just, he was just, yeah, he was actually walking as though he, like, as though uh, he yeah. didn't just lead and cause a multi-casualty freeway destroying chase. They don't arrest. Like, why was he free in the first place after that? He caused an explosion of like an oil truck. There are dead people littering the street. That highway is going to be closed for days. How could Not they leave this mystery, him there? man? You know, they're, they're on just, a case. They, they can't so open anyway, a new case until I, they close them. The that's case. why. I, not only do I not recommend this movie, but I, I think watch the Penguin series when it comes out, if it actually goes to fruition in film. Watch the sequel. I don't think you'll need to see this movie because I cannot imagine a single thing in this movie that actually led to character progression and will leave you in the dark if you watch the next one. Robert Pattinson's Batman. Zoe Kravitz's is, is, is Catwoman. Uh, Paul Dano's Riddler. The guy from the Eternals is the Joker. And Catwoman is, again, Zoe Kravitz. That's it. That's it. That's the only thing. You don't need anything else. You could just read the poster of this film and you get everything. I just, I don't recommend it. And it hurts me. <laughs> it hurts. It hurts me. Um, it's a huge miss for me. I think that time will show this to be a weak film uh, after after time has passed. But we're moving on now. Uh, Jeff, do you recommend this movie? If so, why and do? All right. So uh, I brought up the first reason I didn't like the film is too soft. Then we talked about it's too simple. And now the last reason that I don't like this film is it's too dark. Uh, and I, you know. It's the dark night and it's meant to be dark and it's the lighting's dark and everything's dark and that's all great and dandy, uh, but it's too dark. Here, here's actually the very first villain in Batman we ever see is the Joker. And he's the best villain, I think. Like nobody's gonna even argue with me on that. Like I don't, it'd be hard to find somebody that'll say like somebody, somebody's a better villain. When you say arch nemesis, you think Batman and Robin. You don't even think God and Satan. You think Batman, excuse me, Batman and, and Joker. Joker. It's <laughs> Robin's uh, whole different dynamic. It's, it's, yeah. So, and there, there's such a good reason for it. The Batman is grumpy, unhappy. He rarely smiles. And the Joker always smiles. He's joyful. He's happy. And it creates this, uh, uh, basically a contrast, what would be the opposite contrast of what you would expect. <laughs> You have your villain is very happy uh, and smiling all the time. And your uh, protagonist is dour and sad. Um, 
And so you you still have that balance. <clears throat> this movie, Catwoman's miserable. Batman's miserable. Penguin's miserable. Uh, the DA's miserable. Uh, the guy who owns the city, kind of not that happy. He seemed kind of miserable. Everybody's miserable. And this movie's dark. The Riddler's miserable. We, we need you, you can't it's you can't make a cake with just frosting you, you also need, need at least a elements. light bulb you need <laughs> at least a light bulb because it's also visually so dark that if the set design could be great i don't know because i couldn't see it and this is what kind of confuses me when time passes people for, choose to forget things people were tearing apart um at the time uh batman or superman because the movie was visually dark but the contrasts were right, at least. You could see Batman in the dark. Here's the thing about this movie. It is still darker. And the memes flowing around this are actually hilarious, right? You have the 60s, like, bright daylight, Adam West. And then you have, like, 89, Keaton. And then you have Batman vs. Superman. And then you have this one. And then they have the next film, which is just a black square. Black square. Um, you know, it's like, it's true. This film is too dark. Um, because dark lighting should be used to some effect, but it doesn't highlight anything in this movie. It is, it is like this over the head bludgeoning with Gotham is a dark place. Well, we get it, but you could actually use lights in your scene to share different emotion, information, visual flair. Um, that's why Jeff, I think you're right. The most beautiful scene is that quote unquote Instagram moment when Batman, we get this overhead shot of Batman leading people uh, through the water behind him. But the problem is, is that it doesn't match the rest of the movie. It's the most well-lit thing in the whole film. And as you said, it doesn't make sense as to why it's even happening. I thought from the trailer they were going to end up in a cave. I'm like, are they under, are they under like the bat cave or something? And no, it's just a flooded auditorium. But again, yeah. So like, like I, the Riddler's outfit is well, like man, ridiculous, right? It's like this bright green, you know, thing. Like you'd spot him anywhere, and he's mm -hmm. like, you know, a little bit manic and like fine, like. I, Batman needs some sort of opposition somewhere in mm -hmm. his um, uh, in his stories. Why aren't to, the gangsters to... happy? They're running the right? city. They have money. Why? Yeah. How is Penguin? He runs like this sex club, or you know, not sex club, but it's you know what I mean, like sex club. It's actually just a really like boring dinner on club. top of the world. He should be like the happiest man there is, but he's like. He's like this sad middleman that's like... And he's kind of the only one that is actually remotely feigning happiness. Like John Turturro's character, who again, another layer of villain that doesn't need to be there, um, is who fantastic actor. One of the best actors, in my opinion, in the game. Uh, is just left to... Um, to to act as though he knows uh, Catwoman is his daughter, but at the same time, then be surprised that it's her da his daughter. You're like, no, really. Uh, the script implied he knew she was her daughter, so you can't backtrack and make that not a thing later on. But anyway, yeah, I agree with you. Nothing stands out in this movie. Visually. Yeah, the DA out partying, unhappy. You know what I mean? Like every like, wait, the where DA is, where was is the, the saddest man? Like, like he should have been loser of a dude. Like, he can't even been... talk up the cocktail waitress at an exclusive club. Like, I mean, that's kind of their job is to smile and serve him more expensive booze if they're not and in we, a club and we where find they out sleep that with he's him. like flush with cash later because he's getting like 10,000 a month in bribes. Like, it again, way, doesn't how make does he any die? Sense. Rats eat his guts. It doesn't make sense. I'm I thought like, his head blew up. 
Oh, yeah, well, that's right. His yeah, head yeah, blew yeah. up. It doesn't. The head blew. The rats were just, you know, for flavor, I guess. Um, there were rats like in the thing. Yeah, weren't there? Am I that someone that else? And there's someone a different else. one. They all. There was the, like a rat the, maze, like on yeah. a person's head. Here's the problem. Uh, all but of, then, yeah, all no, of he his had, like, saw a collar equipment that exploded. Yeah, all of his. That's the problem. All of his equipment looks the same. It's all made out of plexiglass and hot glue, and <laughs> um, it's just, it's just. I don't, I don't know what the prop department was doing. Um, I was. I will give it. I will give it this. The Batman costume looks great. I, yeah. I really, okay. no notes on it. I liked it. Mm -hmm. um, I liked the leather cowl instead of the hard cowl. It was, it was a nice touch. Mandy, would you recommend the Batman 2022? If so, why and to who? I would not. Um, I would not. Because the only things that I could take away from this is things that I actually liked or found amusing or entertaining at all were the thumb drive that we talked about <laughs> um, as a high point. It was very handy. Which you know, is way in the know. beginning. Like, ah, it's handy. way at the beginning, and it was just, like, dumb. It wasn't a riddle. Again, it was just, like, a really bad dad joke kind of thing. Um, and then the scene where he does, like, the squirrel suit, and he, like, but not the squirrel suit part, okay? So I'm getting, like, yeah, okay. not yeah, he it, flies off a building, part. yeah. He flies off a building, and then he uses a parachute to, like, slow himself down, but the parachute gets stuck, like, on a bridge. Yeah. And he, like, crashes, and he like gets up and he kind of looks around to see if anyone saw him crash. And then he's yeah. like, oh, nobody saw that. Like, he just walks off. <laughs> I was just like a stumbling yes. drunk who's like, oh, nobody saw that I'm drunk. Like, I just, yeah, I'm totally was, like, like fooling everyone. As Tad said, it was another like, it was, it was stealing from yet another movie. It felt mm -hmm. like Tobey Maguire trying to, trying to stick to walls in uh, yep. Spider-Man like, 2 when he's mm -hmm. losing his, you know, like it felt yeah. like that. Um, Absolutely. But those are the only two things that I found amusing in the whole film. The rest of it just, I was either bored, annoyed, or confused. Like, thinking that I missed something or, you know, like, but I didn't. And then, like, so that annoyed me. Um, and, then, like, just not understanding, like, what was going on with the sets. Like, at the very end, like, they, Catwoman and Batman are on their motorcycles, but it also looks like they're, like, on the roof or like, like up high in a building yeah. it looks like they're on like the they're on like something roof. but it's a they bridge see the yeah roof line and i'm like but it's like a is it a crypt like she was going to i don't see something it, like she says and, I was and like, by the way she says so she's like, going to bloodhaven which is another easter egg because that's the nearby city where nightwing goes to to be but here's the problem catwoman is like come with me and mm. you're like why why do you want mm. this guy with you he's a putz <laughs> he's a putz the best line he does have a good line which is like uh what's under that mask are you scarred under there which was in one of the trailers unfortunately mm -hmm. and he goes yes which is a cute like that's actually a good like that's the one line it's a good like, line i wouldn't be surprised if matt reeves walked in he goes i want to make a batman movie imagine this catwoman batman what do you got under there are you scarred yes and they were like do it go make it and then they watched the whole thing and they're like man we should ask more follow-up um <laughs> Yeah. yeah no i was also just enraged by his haircut like the whole time Ooh, just, we didn't even like, talk about it. how can people just, like, complain like, just about about spider-man 3 with toby mcguire's emo phase with the black suit how can they complain about that in the dance scene when we literally have the same ridiculous ridiculous time period inappropriate haircut on bruce wayne and he walks around with running mascara all over town did nobody think hey isn't that super fucking rich kid 
that is on the tabloids as like being reclusive. And he has, I wonder what's, is, is he wearing a mask sometimes? Oh wait, we have a mask vigilante here, right? Like, right. just, you can't- Oh, you don't mean just, like mascara, you mean like whole like blackout yeah, around like, his hey, eyes. Yeah, like, it's yes. called, um, yeah. it's called makeup wipes. Neutrogena <laughs> yeah. makes very affordable ones. You can even pick them up at like a 7-Eleven. You think that like, he can't, does he not have the internet? Was he raised in a cabin? Like in- <laughs> I, anyway, sorry, off the rails again. With like, yeah, I know. Oh, so anyway, I'm gonna sleep you good are, tonight. You are, yeah, you're very much expressing my frustration, rage, confusion, like just all negative feelings, except for the crash and the thumb drive. Like that was it. So, I mean, I guess if you just want to watch clips of those two things, like I'd recommend those. But otherwise, just like absolutely avoid this so, movie. It's terrible. And also, I'm going to throw it out there. I can't remember where I've seen it, but the thumb drive and a severed thumb has been done before. It's been oh, I'm done sure. They could probably so many get times. them at Spencer's or something, I, <laughs> right? Like, um, I, here's, here's, I don't know what Jeff's saying, you? but here's the thing. I just realized. Oh, yeah. I, I just realized. It was an obvious pun. Like, of course. Yeah. I just realized that Jeff wormed his way out of actually giving a recommendation or a not recommendation. Oh, I don't recommend it. I, I Well, I, I'll, I'll say that. I'm going to come back. I'm going to put this on reserve. If the sequel is good and actually plays off of some of the stuff that they did in this film, I might say that it, it actually is worth watching. Um, that can't I think happen. That this you movie, just name something. It's like a, a, it's, a jumbo it's like shrimp. One of those, it's, it, it, this movie just doesn't work like on so many levels. I don't know why it's so well reviewed. I actually tried to read some like reviews to like get a feel for like what people are thinking. And I don't get, I literally don't understand what like it feels like they watched a different movie than me. I, I've I've never had this experience before where I read like even movies I don't like. I understand why people like them. Right. Like this one, like I just don't get what people got out of this. If it was like, two maybe hours, they were like maybe so it would be tolerable. It, that they're just like they didn't think about what they were seeing like at all. Like they didn't process it. Exactly. And they just were like have like had a good experience. Well, I can see that. I guess. We're going to get to tab, but I do have one thing to ask first. So thinking that way, one, we're all starved for movies in theaters, right? And big, big budget movies. I think that's the thing. Plus it's a, it's a comic movie. So everybody sees it. The thing I have to ask is I, I think back to, this is kind of obscure now from even for Mystery Science Theater 3000 fans, but near the end of the Sci-Fi Channel run of Mystery Science Theater 3000, it was Mike Nelson um, as, as the head uh, and, um, Bill Corbett and Kevin Murphy and, and Mary Jo Peel and Bridget Nielsen, and everybody else. So when it was at that point, they did like a special, this was in the 2000s sometime. They did a, a like summer blockbuster trailer and clip review show. It was like a 20 minute show where they took some big movies. Like they, I think it was a uh, ever, ever after with Drew Barrymore and saving private Ryan and probably some others. And they riffed on um, like, selections that they were provided to so it was like this joint advertising thing they said something so poignant about steven spielberg saving private ryan i think it might have been uh crow voiced by uh, um uh bill corbett but I, I can't remember specifically but he said um steven spielberg's new movie uh not only are you supposed to see it you're supposed to like it and that's so true in our um the hollywood cinema mediascape right? There are certain things that not only are you expected to see them, but you are told by every single thing about the advertising campaign, where, who's talking about it, who's in it, where everything points to, you will see it and you will, and you will enjoy it. And there's such a distinction. 
I do not like Saving Private Ryan. It is a better movie than this, but I actually don't like that movie in general, but it completely worked. Every single person that I talked to loved that movie. And yet many of them, not all of them, but many of them couldn't really tell me why. And I think it's because of that, that group think social, that group think media pressure that comes on certain things. And I think that's happened with this movie. If enough people say something is great and good and awesome and see it, it really, just like if, if I had come in and said, um, uh, this movie we're watching next week is terrible. Absolutely the worst thing ever. You would have a very specific set of expectations and reactions. They would be different if I said, this is one of my favorite movies, <laughs> right? You guys still would be on the fence because you know me and I've made you watch a lot of different movies. But um, that's that's the thing. So I, I think that is one of the syndromes that has played into this experience. Am I, am I mad about it? As the level of a creative person who wants uh, really excellent work to be rewarded, I am mad. In the idea of someone who loves Batman and wants things to continue and wants more uh, people to fall in love with the mythos and the character in the world and the comics, I'm not mad. But it's a very, it's a very tough ledge to stand on when something like this happens. When you just really, I just, I, it makes you feel, as you said, Jeff, it makes you feel crazy because everyone is so like in love. But I just, I don't know what glamour spell is on it because from a narrative point, this is a train wreck for me. Now I'm going to go to you, Tad. I'm sorry I took such a diatribe. I am literally witnessing Nathan's origin story of him turning into a Batman villain. And it's wonderful. <laughs> um, Seriously. I am, as, as usual, I'm, I sometimes like to be the dissenting voice just to be a pain in the ass, but this is one of those times I'm actually a dissenting voice. I liked it. Did I have a lot of problems with it? I sure did because I articulated it. You guys did your best to make me not like this movie, but um, ultimately- <laughs> My job is done. I still uh, enjoyed some of the spectacle for all the, all the flaws that I can find of it for as much as I can tear apart the narrative because I understand Batman. Ultimately, I'm not as emotionally invested in Batman as other people would be. So I can just sit back and go, it's a Batman movie. It's not the best Batman movie it makes me want to watch The Dark Knight instead. However, I liked it, and it certainly was better than Man of Steel in my lens. Because The Man of Steel for me was a coherent mess, visually and script-wise, of a story. Well, we've it's gone over this. Even though, yeah, we've <laughs> gone over this. I'm not going to fight with you because I understand different opinions. I really love Man of Steel. But here's Let's the thing it. I'll say. Uh, here's the thing I'll say, because I'm not going to keep our listeners on for another two hours of me just breathing heavily into the <laughs> microphone, trying to catch my breath, is I understand what you're saying. I it's love it's Star basically Wars. Basically the movie we just talked about, but sorry. Uh, well, I was going to say, I love Star Wars and I am a fan. I see all of it. I really love the mythos, but it isn't sacred to me, which I think is what you're saying. To me, Batman is sacred because I have... Batman has really been sort of this weird, uh, boy, I'd like to be an angry rich kid who could fight crime too. I don't like being powerless. Like, I, that's why he's one of these iconic characters, right? So many people can put themselves in his shoes, even though if you were really in his shoes, it would actually be a crappy place to be. Um, mm -hmm. But you would be rich. So, you know, get a therapist. Um, but I just, I get it. Um, I, it's, it just feels to me like it was, uh, it is a Batman story but they didn't have a plot. Everything is in place and it just moves to the end. Will I see the sequel? Of course, of course. Will we talk about it? Of course. Will I have problems? Sure. 
Uh, will I hopefully have less problems? Yes. You said this movie made you want to watch The Dark Knight. This movie made me want to watch Batman and Robin. Okay. It really, I really <laughs> I had a hard time. It made time me want to watch Batman forever. Like, I, I wanted... would go back and watch Batman and Robin now. Now, um, I would. Batman... Yeah. So, so anyway, um, and, and, and I have feelings about that movie. Uh, anyway, yes. Thank you guys so much. Listeners, if you made it to the end of this episode, thank you so much. Uh, for listening to me rail against something that so many people love for so long. Feel free to send us your dissenting opinions. Also feel free to agree. I've actually seen quite a few people who popped up being like, I didn't really like it. And that's okay too. Like everybody's opinion is fine. Don't hurt people. Don't really attack people. If it's in jest, it's okay. We certainly can take it here at Colton Classic Podcast because we dish it out all the time, right, Matt Reeves? But uh, I hope you guys have a great day. Please, if you like the pod, uh, leave us a many star review wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us uh, on Instagram at Colton Classic Podcast on Facebook.com slash Colton Classic Podcast. Uh, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube page. We'll be having videos loaded up uh, by the end of the year. Everything will be up to date and we will also be airing these every week on the YouTubes. That is uh, the channel is Colton Classic Podcast. And please send us your email and hate mail to Tad at Colton Classic Podcast at gmail.com. To play us out, as always, is the Chud with All About Evil. And I hope you guys have a great week. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.